Hello, welcome to the disclaimer. This is the part where I tell you that we are a spoiler-heavy podcast. We will be talking about Wheel of Time. We will be doing it soon after the episodes drop. We will be talking about things from the books. We will be ruining things if you don't want them ruined. So uh, maybe watch a few more episodes and then come back to us. Uh, Also, just to note, we also are adults here. We speak about things. We're vulgar. It's just the way things are. That's how the wheel weaved it. And uh, on that note, that's the end of the disclaimer. So, hope you enjoy our podcast. This is our first podcast. I know, how exciting. Exciting, exciting stuff. Um, we have been doing a few streams. Uh, we started on Twitch. Uh, so this is Cloudy with a chance of ranting. Uh, mm. This is me and my lovely wife, Kiki, and from the always great Kiki Gaming. Uh, and we are going to be moving ourselves into the podcast world and... Unfortunately, Twitch is just a bit too time-consuming for yeah, us. Yeah, Twitch is, is starting to become more of something that uh, Cloudy isn't really about. Um, yeah, we're a bit more podcasters than this. The original idea was always to be a podcast, but we already had the Twitch set up, so that's what we went with. Yeah. Uh, but now we're going to branch out. Branch like a tree. Like a tree and leave. Um, and <laughs> leave. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, this is our first podcast. I'm excited. Uh, today, we we have a, well, here's a quick run through of what we actually do here. Is, uh, we're, we're a couple of nerds. Um, I'm a... Certified uh, dorks. Uh, yeah, 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 we're definitely up there in the range. Um, I love movies. I love TV. They are my escape. I... I over-theorise, I over-analyse, I love it, I, I I can't get enough, uh, like my big, like I, 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 I'm fully into uh, One Piece, I, I read that on a weekly basis. Um, it's like his, it's like his religion. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lifestyle, um, <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I grew up on all kinds of different things, uh, for everything from, you know, your, your big ones that everyone knows, like Star Wars and, you know, the Jurassic Parks and all those kind of things, you know, the big ones in the nineties mostly, Tolkien. but oh, I was getting to that. Um, but, uh, I also had, uh, a lot of experience with, uh, classical movies and, um, musicals and things like that growing up one of my favorite movies of all time is singing in the rain um it's it just i loved it it was great I, I always go back and watch it i can still sing half the songs i just know them off by heart um and this guy can actually really sing when he tries oh pish. um so uh there's that uh so like my uh, my mu- movie taste is very ranged um i don't 
not a big fan of romantics. Um, I, I find them to have very poor writing a lot of the time, so I struggle through it. Um, but also, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader. Um, I have a large book collection, which I always go back to. Uh, Kiko also reads quite a bit. I read more online stuff. Yeah, but also... Um, but nothing beats reading out of a book. Oh, no, a, nice, a nice good paperback is just... There's something different about the experience, I think. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much me. I, I love doing that. Um, you know, we work nine to five now and stuff, and so a bit more free time to do this kind of thing. Uh, so, Kika, why don't you shoot out about yourself? Uh, I'm Kika. I like things. <laughs> um, so Always I... full of drama. Oh, I know, right? Um, so, I like movies like most people do. Um, I like fantasy, sci-fi, romance, well, rom-coms. Um, I also dabble in a bit of action and maybe thriller and a little bit of horror. Oh, I'd say that's... But you know, she... No. Little bit of horror. Like, the smallest amount. The smallest amount. But I, I like, like, the whole um, stabbing, you know... Guts and all that kind of Oh, just a bit of gore. Yeah, don't mind a bit of gore. Don't mind a bit of gore. Bit of Um, grossness in your life. I like anime. Um, I like reading books. I like reading books on my iPhone or iPad. Um, I just, yeah, I have a wide genre of things, but I'm more of your music type. I love music. It's literally my... That's my religion. Music's my religion. Yeah, so while... Well, Kicker is here as a absolute uh, mad lad, I believe the term is. You're awesome. Um, so, I I can I can talk a lot on my own, but I, I find it very difficult after some time. I, I run into a bit of a full stop if uh, I don't really have anyone to converse with. So I need my beautiful wife here to help me out, just to keep this conversation rolling. Yeah. Because I tend, I tend to go in circles a fair bit. And, um, she does. I, I, like I said, I overanalyze and over-theorize. So, yeah, I can, look at, I can look at one scene and just, like, tear it apart way too much. And we don't want to do that too much. Too much, but I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. Like, there's going to be times where I, there, there are specific things that I need to discuss, especially when they come to, like, a horrible horribly written script moment or acting moment mm. like for example just as a quick example for a horrible moment Imhotep the mummy returns how dare you yeah I'm gonna do it how dare you um when Brendan Fraser stabs the rock and Imhotep runs to the side and he yells out no and that is not only is that just a horrific script moment, the acting was just terrifyingly bad as well. Mm. Arnold Vosloo, you're a gun, we but love that you. but that was not a good moment, bruv. <laughs> um, I think the most heartbreaking part was that Unlook Son of Lord didn't come back for him. No, that was fine. I, I No, she was a narr- pussy. Yeah, but narratively that was a really good move because, you know, he'd worked his ass off his whole life. And his afterlife to make to get his love back by his side, and at the first at the first show of of kind of him needing her assistance, she bailed. Yeah, she just did. It's heartbreaking. So he gave up after thousands of years. It was a 
narratively, it was a great story. But just that one moment, man, he just dropped the ball right there. It was like, what? No, what have you done? You just became iconic. Oh, no. So, anyway, we are going to be talking about a few things um, that we've watched recently. So, um, we'll be talking about The Wheel of Time, The Eternal, Shang-Chi, and maybe just a couple of other things that we might find noteworthy, like stuff that I like to watch, not just uh, in Zuka. Yes. Yes, there is other things that are... Uh, well, the, look, the main hitters in this uh, this original OG first up ever episode of Cloudy with Core podcast... Yay! Because Cloudy with a Chance of Ranting doesn't fit on a lot of things, so we, we had to, uh, you know, go with that minimalistic attitude and uh, really shorten it right down. Uh, mm-hmm. we, got, we got our acronym on, and we are now Cloudy with Core um, on Twitter and on Twitch... And, and on Instagram. Apparently we have all the things. Uh, we are Not on Facebook. We are not on Facebook. We have all but the thing. Um, Sorry, meta. <laughs> no, I don't. Anyway, that's not, that is not relevant to this conversation. No. Um, so, this week in our OJ podcast, we will be talking about the original and first released episodes of The Wheel of Time. There are three episodes that were dropped on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, today being Sunday afternoon. Um, so we, Kicker has watched them once. She watched them earlier today. And I have not read the book. She has no prior knowledge apart from the nonsense that I spout and she does not listen anymore. We've been together for long enough. Um, yeah, my, my, my attention span just kind of drops significantly after I hear... Wheel of Time or One Piece. Yeah. So, uh, and a Wheel of Time's been picking up a lot of speed lately yes. due to this TV series. Uh, lots to talk about for that. Uh, both good and, well, other opinions. But I'm I I've watched it three times since Friday Friday night in whole all three episodes. That Obsessed. is nine hours of watching three episodes. Um, the first watch through was. Mm, uh, and then we go from there. So, anyway, it, back into the contents of this week's lovely podcast. Uh, the Eternals, uh, the MCU, will be featuring in this one. Uh, we won't always be touching on the MCU, but we have had a rich MCU couple of weeks. Mm. We saw the Eternals. We have seen Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Mm. We have watched the 15-minute clip that covered uh, that Disney Day was released. Uh, and that covered our three TV series live actions of WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, including the animated series What If. And we got a little sneak peek at the new Hawkeye show. Think that's going to be good, Kicker? You sounded like you are interested in that one. I'm interested in Actually, I'm kind of half interested in seeing What If, uh, the first episode with Penny Car- Peggy Carter. Yeah, she re-features in many other episodes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's important to watch the whole thing. Um, <laughs> and as I say with everything, uh, Marvel, like you don't, you don't have to watch it all, but you should, because it's good. I just got out of Marvel just because there's just so much of it. I understand that, but people have been making that complaint about every genre of movie in the history of movies. There's too many Spider-Man. Too many westerns, too many gangster films, too many many horror slasher films. Anyway. Anyway, too many Japanese ghost story films. I could go on. Um, There is always a... a, (laughs) 
there is al- there is always a portion of the community that is overwhelmed by the amount of content on one particular thing. For me, it's reality TV. That, oh. that can go and die. Oh. I would be a happy man. I would be very happy. Seriously, bring back the the, the sitcom. Like, yes, you know, give the me, nanny. Give me some Becca. Give me some Cheers. The nanny. The nanny is a spectacular show. It has still aged well. I, Not perfect, but well. Yeah. But also, like, what were some other crackers? I mean, there were some really... I mean, obviously, Friends has aged. Uh, People do not... I never really got... Did not get into Friends. Well, you see, whereas I didn't like Seinfeld. I never got into Seinfeld either. Well, your upbringing was a bit uh, aged in terms of content. Yeah, I I watched a lot of cop shows. (laughs) A lot of cop shows. Law and Order. Yeah, my my family my family were also big water rats. Yeah, water rats. (laughs) Now, if you if you want to watch some bad TV, you check out some nineties Aussie um, cop cop shows. Hey, hey, you. With the exception of the fantastic show known as Blue Healers. Thank you. Yeah, Kika was about to just absolutely Throw down. beat me right there. She literally picked up her keyboard and was about Did to not. smack me in the face. Don't just, don't just Circa James McAvoy on Chris Pratt in Wanted. <laughs> All right. That is the kind of content you I, I, I provide people. I am... Uh, You're a shit star. That's I, what you I have this impeccable knowledge of... Uh, movies and TV and film and stuff that I... You're not impeccable. Not impeccable, but it's pretty damn freaking good. Uh, I remember things that most people would forget five minutes after watching the movie. Um, I remember random details. I remember um, production details, um, random things that people have done on set. I just... It's one of the things that I've always been able to retain. Um, I couldn't tell you what I had for lunch on Thursday... But I can... I made you a wrong. Oh, well, there you go. At least someone in this household can do something right. Um, but, yeah, movies, books, TV are my jam. Um, I, I've read, all, like for, for example, with The Wheel of Time, I have read all 14 novels three times and the other novels involved in as well. And uh, I can pretty much remember the exact way things are about, should be going down. Um it is huge. I mean, it's, just, it's a quite a bit, but mm. you know, uh, Harry Potter. I, I I used to I used to have a really good knowledge knowledge on Harry Potter. I have not read the books since the movies came yeah, out. JK meh. Uh, but the movies, on the other hand, I have quite the great knowledge on because they uh, they well they supplanted the books. All I can think of every time I hear Harry Potter movie is Dumbledore like. Screaming at Harry, going, "Did you put your name in the goblet?" Of Did fire? you put your name in the goblet of fire, Harry? <laughs> like that's all I can remember. Yeah, of, and it's like, like that kind of stuff. okay, well, just to touch on that just for one second because, like, that is the most aggressive Dumbledore is in the entire yeah. series, right? He faces off against people that are going to kill him, and he's totally chilled about it. Mm. But Harry putting his name in the goblet of fire, Michael Gammon. This is the problem with Michael Gammon. He didn't read the scripts, right? <laughs> so, Someone just told him the words to say and he didn't read what kind of context they should have been in. Which is kind of appropriate for Dumbledore, but at the same time, Gambit, get a grip, buddy. Come on. Mm. He look, Michael Gambit is another fantastic actor, but he stopped reading scripts a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't why have you got headphones in? We're literally just sitting here chatting now. I know, right? I yeah, man, I don't <laughs> Plus anyone that can get a corner named on the top gear circuit after named after them is is you know. 
It yeah. does all right in my book. Alright, show him. Right, so, uh, what else? Is that, uh, well, that pretty much no, covers no, no. Uh, the what intro. What else we are going to do, Wheel of Time. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Alright, um, episode so, one. one. Leave Taking, I believe the name of the episode is... I don't know. Leave Taking. Okay. Um, so, I have never read the books. I have never uh, kind of been in the kind of radar of Wheel of Time. So, when I uh, first sat down to watch this, I only gone with what Inazuka has told me about the actual story. So, it's pretty much an adventure... For at the moment, it's an adventure to find the Dragon Reborn. So the previous Dragon Reborn, if you have not read the series or watched the um, video, um, then you should not be kind of listening to this. However, this is a spoiler heavy podcast. This will be a spoiler heavy podcast. So um, the Dragon Reborn before he pu- died, died. Yeah, he died. Yeah, or, or got. You know. Uh, alright, so... No, I want to try and explain it badly. Oh, okay, go. Alright, so, so I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to help you then. You're just going to so shoot... So pretty much the world has broken into eight pieces by the old dragon reborn. Eight? What, Four? Where'd you pull the number from? What What number? There was no number. Oh, okay, sorry. No. <laughs> I'm trying okay. here. Shush. There was a person called Dragon who broke the world. Okay. So this guy broke the world. So now, because he's dead, because and um, they su- they sealed the dark guy away. Yeah. Um, darkness itself. Was darkness the, was itself. The, sorry. Was the the term they used? Yeah. Um, hundreds or thousands of years later, the dragon has been reborn, and Moraine, who is a main player in this whole series. Is looking for the dragon reborn because the new dragon, re- the dragon reborn, will put the world back together. Essentially. Ballpark, yeah. So, that's how I kind of read the first part of it. Right. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> here's here's the analysis from somebody who's read this way too many times. <laughs> <clears throat> 3,000 years ago, a man known as the Lord Dragon, the Lord of the Morning, the Bringer of Dawn, Louis Theron Telamon. I like how you know the names. I'm like, this guy, this dude, I don't know. <laughs> Louis, Theron, Louis Theron Telamon led the hundred, which was a hundred men of the Aes Sedai, and they led an attack to... Uh, they were in the, what was called the, uh, I believe it was called the uh, War of Darkness or something like that. Uh, and this war was ended with this attack by Louis Theron Telamon. And he sealed the Dark One back up into the prison that they accidentally released. So is this from. kind of like the Dragon Reborn that he sealed it because he died? Uh, just don't hear, hear me out. Okay, sorry. Because right, you're going to understand it. Okay, alright, so. The hundred men that that were in this party um, that went on this adventure to go and seal the Dark One in, they did it right, and they succeeded. But the Dark One, at the last, at the moment of his sealing, laid a counterstroke on the men's power source. From that point onwards, any time the men would use their power source, they would go batshit crazy. They would go batshit crazy, and eventually. 
they they hit a uh, critical maximum and instead of just being crazy they were using the power to destroy everything around them but that's when the guy like literally killed everyone around him and his wife and his kids and everything and then he real and then the dark guy was just like hey I'm going to make you see what I actually see now. And he saw what he's done. He's just like, well, I'm going to fucking kill myself. Without the stabby motion, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, the, the dark one, a, uh, a somebody who in the books is known as a forsaken, uh, is a servant of the dark one. And he was the one, in, one of them in particular was a rival of Lewis Theron. And so he demanded... That Lewis Theron be sane enough to realise the damage that he'd done. Quick question: As this is a bit further along, before, um, in yeah, the we're still we're still in the episode. prologue, basically. So yeah, so in the last episode, right? When Tyrion, yep, is he the dark guy? Yeah, he's the beauty guy. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that killed his partner. Apparently, would he have been something like along the lines of him being a puppet to the darkness for that split second? No. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. Okay, no, 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 I wasn't quite sure. No, 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 no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, guys. We just, uh, because, because Kika has no prior knowledge, uh, she, and she hates waiting. So, so she, when she asks questions, I'm, I'm no longer allowed to say, I don't know, uh, maybe, because uh, it drives her insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so this is why again there's going to be a spoiler heavy podcast. So so yes, uh, basically this guy who who was there he gave uh, Lewis Theron his sanity for uh, for enough time for him to realize what he'd done. Lewis then immediately teleported himself out of the local vicinity. Oh, because they could do that back then. Right, because he had magic. They he was asked to die. So, um, so he teleported himself to a little place in the middle of nowhere and blew the shit up out of himself. He went kaboom and his kaboom created the biggest mountain on the continent. Huh. That's very nice of him, I guess. It's called Dragon Mount. Dragon Mount. Yep, they they are original with the naming. Um, Mount of Dragon. Mount of Dragon. Uh, come, comes in uh, comes back into play quite a bit. Uh, mm. It, it is a very important location. Uh, they haven't touched on that in the series, but it is a very important location. Many things happen around and near Dragon Mount. Right. Moving on. Now, you your synopsis. We we are so basically what we're talking about right now, and I'll, I'll um, I probably should have mentioned this before we got started. On Amazon, on each episode, there is a bonus content feature. On each bonus content feature is a three to four minute little clip, which gives you uh, some backstory. Uh, episode one, and I encourage anybody that's going to watch the series to watch this little clip. Or if you've already watched it, watch it anyway, because it's mad. Um, the clip on episode one is a direct reference. It is a, a, a it's effectively a straight law grab for uh, the prelude of the Eye of the World, which is book one of the Wheel of Time series. So the prelude is covered in this little bonus content thing. So I do recommend watching it first. Yes. If you haven't seen it, watch it anyway. Uh, I, I encourage Kiki to watch that before she got started. Just it got very frustrating. I don't know what you're talking about. I could, and it is, it is annoying to get working, but 
when you get it working, you can't cast it to your TV. I don't know why. I couldn't. You, you could. I can't. Um, so we watched it on the phone. It is. Uh, it is just a. It's an exposition dump. Basically, it gives you a, a bit of a grounding in the world and the the lore of the, that world and what happened and the base history. Yeah. So, and the art was really cool. Isn't and it? it is a cool. It's a very basic style of animation. Um, it it's more like a stop go uh, hand drawn kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't yeah. even know what to call it. I'm More not. Oils and. I'm, I'm, we're not animation experts here. We just like watching stuff. However, uh, it, I, I really enjoyed the actual art in it. So. Yeah, the art was quite nice. It was a bit of a different pace as well. I like. Okay, so I like the the start of it, like the the opening um scene, like not the scene, but the. The blokes. The, the title. Oh no, that's in episode two. We get onto that. Oh, okay. Sorry. There wasn't a title screen in episode one. No. But um, yes, the title screen is very cool. It's it, There are some similarities with another big fantasy show that will come up once or twice. <coughs> but we'll try not to talk about that bullshit. Um, so. So. Episode one. Men are not allowed to use magic because they go crazy and if they find out that they have magic, they die. Is that your take on scene one? Ice died. The ice died killed them. Did they? No, he did not. Did he die on screen? No, he did not. He did not. No, because he keeps calling himself the Dragon Reborn, but I don't think Was that is. him? No. Is that the same guy? Yeah, same guy. Was the same guy? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was him when I first yeah. watched and it. And he so. thought he had a friend with him, but he did not. He was, he was just crazy. Ah. So, first scene, opening scene of the series. We have two men... Running down a pathway, being chased by four to five women, all wearing red, on horseback. They don't fuck around. Ladies and gentlemen, we introduce the red Ajar. Ajar. Ajar being one of the factions of the White Tower and the Aes Sedai. Mm. Now, they were chasing two men. When they caught the men, one of them said, don't hurt him, it's not his fault. They said, who were you talking about? Yes, He's a little nutso. <laughs> this is going to be a common theme. Mm. Crazy crazy blokes with power. Not early on, but well, definitely later on. And, and be aware not, that it it's isn't... It's not crazy blokes with power, essentially. It's crazy... It's guys who have been sent into madness because they've been had this power of thrusters on them. Not so much power <coughs> over people, but magic. Magic. They... they, they and this is a... We got, we got, we got this distinguish between power and magic. Well, this yes. magic system is very interesting because it is not a question of wanting to use the magic. It will happen. Yeah. You will touch the source. You will have that initial thing. It will happen. You cannot stop it. Um, and that's a really important part of this story is that even if the man knows that he can touch the one power, even if he knows he can, and he refuses to touch it. And he can refuse and refuse and refuse and refuse, but it will always get him. So if you were to get the one, what would you do? The one power. The right thing to do would be take yourself out the back and knock yourself off. Right. But, I feel there's a but there. Some people survived. Now, now that based on the book lore, and this is long-term game, this is very deep into the line, mm. there is examples of men who have lived a long life and 
have not gone insane, but or managed it, and they've managed it and and they've died peacefully. Or then there's other alternate things, and I hope to God we see this where we see an alternate timeline of what Rand would have done once upon a time mm. if he never left the two rivers. Oh, okay. And what would have been the result if Moraine had never come to the two rivers? Uh, Horribly. Yeah. Okay, so our uh, first scene was the two guys and well, one guy, and he's been um, captured by Aes Sedai. Yes. So. They have then done a thing to him. Yes. Now, the thing was one of two things. They either killed him, which they shouldn't be able to do, or what is called gentled. Is it like having a like a chakra blocker or something? They like cut him off from the source. Yeah. It's horrific. Oh. It's not a pleasant thing, and usually the men that are gentled will die. Oh. Out of just they they give up the will to live. Oh shit! That's not gentle at all. That's horrible. Better than going crazy and killing everybody around you. True. True. But yes, gentling is. A sad way to go, but it's better than killing everyone around you. Mm. So, that's why the Reds do what they do. Mm. Moraine is a blue. I like... I love Rosamund Pike in this. She's too tall. That's my only concern. <laughs> Moraine is supposed to be small. S-M-O-L. Her horse is supposed to be small. Small, like she, so, like, so, like, her horse is supposed to be, like, half the size of Lan's because Lan's supposed to be this monster. Yeah. Like, but they what they've made Lan is, and I think this is my, very appropriate given my late, latest reread, mm-hmm. is that Lan is very Asian in appearance and very Japanese, I'd say, almost. in o- Almost like a warlord. Al- almost like a samurai, but, like, kind of not. Like, he's mm-hmm. definitely got that Eastern vibe, that especially the Japanese Eastern vibe. Now, Wheel of Time is a very, very diverse world. There are people of all different races. They look very different. This is well known. Um, one of the big, one of the big boons of the story in in its origins was that it took a lot of different cultural aspects and merged them into something new. For example, the Aiel. Now you don't know shit about them yet, so I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, I was just like, I've never heard of that before. Now the Aiel are really important. But their culture is fascinating because they're a combination of, like, native Indian and Japanese Bushido and, like, a couple other things. Oh, cool. It's really bizarre. And it's fucking cool. But they got some weird-ass rules. Like, their their code is messed up. Just a quick thing. I can't wait to see what kind of cosplay is coming out of this. Oh, there's going to be some badass ones. And also, I'm already down for getting uh, a solid bit of sturdy Two Rivers wool for myself because that cloak coat that Rand was wearing looks mint. It's bloody warm. Oh, doesn't it? It'd be perfect for a nice Melbourne winter. But um yeah. anyway, back to the story. Anyway, back to the story, because Two Rivers Wool is indeed high quality, as is Two Rivers Tobacco. But we'll move on from that. <clears throat> now, the opening scene al- I- I- alone, we then had Moraine and a- having a conversation with Lan. Now now your question was does he work for her? Was that? I first initially said, "Oh, does he work for her, or are they friends, or something like that?" Th- but uh, watching it until episode three, it was much more deeper than that, where he, she is his ward. 
Yeah, she is his ward. Interesting way of uh, phrasing that. He is her warder. Well, yeah, sorry. Which yeah. is a, a, a bit of a different way to look. Now, the perspective here is important. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, she's the boss. Yeah. She's the boss to such an extent that if she wants to force him to do something, she can. Oh. Using the one power. He doesn't have power. She, no, he doesn't. He's a normal man. Yeah. Now, he with the water bond, you get a boost. So you get a stamina boost, you get uh, an endurance boost, you get all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get um, an ability to sense um, uh, shadow spawn. So when the Trollocs come nearby, he knew immediately because he gets a sense. So does she. Mm. So they, these are gifts that are extended as part of the bond. It's, it's like they're connected. Yes, they are very connected. V- via we spirit. We, well, via the one power. That's yeah. the direct link. And it's a permanent link. It can't be undone. So if one dies, the other one... The dies. other one feels it. Every moment. Mm. Um, so... Like we talked <coughs> about, like, if there was... <coughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see that yeah. later at some point. Some, And um, the water bond is a very important part of the storyline. Mm. Because something happens a while... And now I don't know if they'll do this because it's very non-cool by the person that does it. And the person that has it done too is not happy about it and, and makes the person that did it to them suffer for the rest of their existence, pretty much. So, yeah. It's That's a, horrible. Well, uh, it's kind of unintentional. They just shouldn't happen in the first place. Mm. And uh, karma's a bitch, basically. There's nothing that could have been done. That's just the way it was going to be. I think Tony might have been It's definitely Rand. Oh, God. This guy always gets sent to get himself into trouble. No, a green bonds him against his will. But DTFs. Well, you know, this is before they knew that uh, women can't bond men that can channel. Mm. Anyway. Because men that can channel overcome the bond and, and take over. And so instead of being in charge, he was in charge. But mm. she also felt all the pain and he was in con- he's in constant pain for like 99% of the story. So she's Like he's not up. there yet, but it's coming. She fucked up. Oh, she fucked up. Her name's Alana. We feel sorry for Alana. Hopefully she's doing okay. <laughs> um, probably not, though. Anyway, let's keep going. Right. Character initiation. First characters in uh, the Two Rivers. We go straight to the Two Rivers after the crazy people. And we go, uh, apparently, to what is the women's circle. Yes. Now, do you want to talk about that scene? It's a life initiation coming of age. Right. Um, the braid represents um, her becoming a woman and being a part of the circle. Yeah, Essentially. So, yeah? What did you think of it? Terrifying. The fact that she got pushed she in just the threw off a cliff. She just threw off a cliff, right? Yeah. My name's a bitch. <laughs> so anyway, I, I kind of was just like, oh shit. Is she going to drown? Hang on. No, she can't. I'm just like, oh god. I'm, I'm literally freaking out inside because I was like, she's going to drown. She's going to drown. But then she's just like, I can hear the inner monologue or the, vo- the voice. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the instruction, you know, let the river flow, you know, mm. surrender to the water, etc., etc. Exactly, and when she kind of got her bearing, she was just like... It's easy. I'm okay. She surrendered to the flow of the river. Exactly, hmm. being part of the flow of the actual... It's fascinating how that just... It's very symbolic... How, how so? How so? 
the one power that the women are able to use. Now, both powers, uh, they, they are called the one power, but the men have a different name for it. There is side R and side in. Side R is what the women have. Side in is what the men have. Right. Now, they're two sides of the same coin, effectively. But the way, the way to embrace the power is what differentiates from the men and the men from the women. And oftentimes they use the uh, metaphor of you can't teach a bird to swim or a fish to fly. Now we'll come back into that later because there are fish that fly and birds that swim. Very important detail in that. Very, very important detail in that. But women use the power by surrendering to the flow of side R. They're taught to be, for example, the water wheel in the river mm-hmm. using the power without obstructing the flow you just you use and it, you you surrender to the power and it take what you need the men are taught hold the fuck on it's gonna kill you <laughs> like they, they, they are taught uh, to summon the void within them to throw out all emotions and everything and focus entirely on holding on for dear life because if you don't pay attention it'll sweep you away mm. where the women have for example it's it's like a a calm bubbling brook right it's a bit bigger but it's a it's a calm water the men for example are going into a white water rafting river and going all right let's just grab a hold of some of this and see what happens <laughs> so it's a bit of a different mentality especially because of um and this is entirely because they use different sources of power. It's yeah. the same source, but two sides of the same point. Mm. Um, duality is a really big part of Wheel of Time. There will always be a second half. Mm. So even for the dragon, there is something else oh, yeah. that they haven't touched on in the in the series, but it is happening. There is. Well, don't tell me. Just the, yet. the story arc has begun. I can say that much. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's let's move on. Okay. So scene number two. The introduction of Tam and Ran up on the mountain. We get a bit of, uh, what did you do? How do you do it? I'm a, I'm a farmer. You're a farmer. Ooh, scary moment, wolves. And then it's just like, oh, you, you're always sweet on my knees. I'm not my knees. Egwin. Egwin. And he says, yeah, yeah, I'm always sweet. Yeah, sappy, sappy. Moving on. <laughs> we get to the two rivers. Uh, the tavern. Tavern, we get to the city centre, or well, whatever the village, village green, I believe, is the technical name. Mm. Uh, the wine screen, wine spring inn is there. Uh, we see Rand and Tam delivering barrels of brandy and wool, and then we are immediately inside the the the, the inn. Drinking is occurring. Women are rowdy. One woman was rowdy. Days Conga was rowdy. I don't know how she got a run in the show. Bogan. Um, and then when uh, Nynaeve came in to show Egwin. that she... Egwin, sorry. I keep getting them mixed up. I think it's because, like, I actually have real big mad respect for them already. Yeah, they're mad girls. They've both yeah. got... Like, Egwin, not so much, but Nynaeve's definitely rocking she's the... Badass. She's rocking the MVP. She always does, though. That's what Nynaeve does. Uh, so, Egwin, mm. she, come, she comes into the thing, and all the women, like... Yay. We embrace you. You're a part of us now. And Days Conga once again is the one that comes up and goes, "Nah, she ain't working. She drinking." Yeah, she comes and comes to celebrate with us. So like, there was a lot of beef with Rob- the way Robert Jordan wrote 
Uh, alright. Yeah, so there's a lot of beef with the way Robert Jordan wrote the stories. People weren't, um... Look, there's a... I don't particularly like these conversations. Um, because the author wrote it the way it was. And, and um... Yes, times have changed, but... Good story is a good story. Sometimes you just better leave it. But... There was a lot of beef about the way Robert Jordan wrote women and the relationships between men and women. And this was a really... It, it was... Um, look, I've listened to other people talk about this and uh, I, I don't entirely agree. I think the... I think the way the village was structured with the women's circle and the men's... Uh, sorry, the village council and the women's circle, both being... Um, a governing body of the village um, and having different roles. Uh, the the village council were very much involved in what happened from uh, in, in terms of what happened outside the village whereas the women's circle were much more concerned about the uh, the daily goings on inside the village. And they really never kind of touched that in mm, the episode. They, they axed the men, the village council. And that, I, I think, would you think that's a very integral part of the story? Not 100%, no. I don't think so. But I think um, the way that the, the village men, and the village itself, mm. was much more diverse than it should have been. Mm. It was a backwater village. They are, uh, the, the quote from the book is the back end of nowhere. Mm. They're not exactly cosmopolitan. There was a, a lot of diversity within a, a, a very, 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 very small village mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. So anyway, back to um, where we were at. So anyway, Nani's she's like, oh, I've gotten away from crazy lady, drunk lady. I'm going to work a little bit. No, and so her dad owns the inn. Yeah. So anyway, there's um, also the mayor. Um, I've forgotten his name. Where? No, Karen. No. No. Uh, the the guy with um, what's her face? Lan. Lan. Hmm. Jamie Issa. Lan. Lan. Yeah. I can get rid of that. Lan. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when Lan, so Lan comes into the inn. And his is, is like, it was like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, Nynaeve fucking about to pull a knife on him. Yeah. And so... Classic anyway, Nynaeve style right there. So anyway, Lan is like, I'll take my hood off. And people are sort of like, okay, who the fuck are you? Uh, top knot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, top knot, who are you? What do you want? Yeah. And then all of a Blame. sudden... Um, Lorraine walks Lorraine in. Lorraine walks in and people are like, oh, fuck. Well, no, I was just like, she's pretty, right? Like, who are you? Yeah, but like, and they, then, they kind of noticed that she was an Aesterbar. No, 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 not yet. She walked into that place like she owned it, right? Yeah. Right, so that's your first inclination. Right. Inclination number two was when she walked straight up to the person that owned the pub. She walked up to Egwin's mum, Marin Alvier. She walked right up to her and she said, I need food and lodging for the night. Oh, that's right, yeah. And, then she, and she looked down and she saw that ring 
And she went, oh, yes, Moraine Sedai. Now, Sedai is a honification. Yeah. So you attach that to the end of anyone who is a nice die. Yeah, I noticed that in the third um, episode when she was with the talking to the red chick. I need to watch the end of that episode again. I missed that. Um, so anyway, um, um, so she got food and she got lodging, right? Yeah, yeah, she stayed for a couple of days. She did the thing that she was there to do, which yeah. is... Find the dragon unborn. What? Reborn. Reborn. Right. But her original, she, she showed up and she basically said, I hear, I'm here to collect stories. I, I, that's what I do. Mm. And so she went around asking questions and finding out things about people and stuff. And like she did in the show, mm. she went to see Nynaeve. She, she spied on... Nynaeve was like... N- I'm not having any of this with you. Now, Nynaeve wasn't given some of the, my favourite moments from the books. Like, one of my favourite moments is apparently when uh, one of the village council, a bloke called Sen Buen, who's a bit of a prick, let's be honest, um, says something about, like, you know, and he normally would say it out of earshot. Like I said, he's a bit of a prick. Yeah. But I think he said something about Nynaeve being too young. To be the wisdom. Oh no. And Nynaeve heard him and in proper Nynaeve manner, belted him over the head with a stick. Of course she did. <laughs> right? Gave him absolute what for. Women's council business is... Women's circle business is none of yours. Shut your trap, you old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, this is why I like her. Yeah, and I like, like her no, so no when the When the village council found out about this war in Geldian... Which was casually dropped by Perrin, I might add. Um, they took the person that brought the, the 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 news in, and were like grilling him for information. And Nynaeve's like, "What's going on? What's going on? Why is everyone here?" And they're like, "Oh, this dude showed up and he told us about a war." Mm. Uh, and so the village council were like, "Okay, we'll we'll tell you about it when we come out. We're going to go talk to him in private." Mm. And she's like. Fucking idiots asking all the wrong questions. I better go in there and sort it out. <laughs> yeah, and she just went in there and started yelling at people. Like, I kind of thought, being the village wisdom, you know, you you would instantly think little old lady. Well, yes, and that's the whole problem is that yeah. she's too young. But listening to the wind is an essential part of being a wisdom. Yeah, of course. Right, and it's rare. So when Egwin could do it, that was the reason Nynaeve offers her an apprenticeship. Now, about that, because this, this is a major part of the first episode, is mm. Rand and Egwin's relationship. Now, how did you feel about that? Strained. Strained? It was, it was okay up until she mentioned about Nynaeve offering her an apprenticeship. And then he, I think he was very hurt because he's been courting her for so long. Yeah, well, and the, he wanted the, the berries. More. Yeah. He wa- he wanted more, and she can't. She wouldn't give it to him because she she has other plans. She had a dream. Yeah, and um, and honestly, I think that he could have been a bit more supportive. Being as a friend, like I I guess that he could be heartbroken and stuff like that, but as a friend, I would have been more supportive of her. Well, I think we got that in episode two. Yeah. So it yeah. didn't take him long to come around. But obviously, yeah. you know. It was being shit. People in the True Rivers have stubbornness issues. Yeah, they do. It's a it's a thing. 
Yeah, it's great. a it's a real character trait. I like his uh, I like um, Matt's relationship with his sisters. Now Matt Matt Cawthon's family is a whole thing. You have a beef with that. I'm not happy with that. Uh, they they did they did uh, Abel Cawthon dirty. Mm. That dude was supposed to be an upstanding citizen, a master marksman with the bow, uh, solid solid worker with the quarter staff. Um, would win the archery contest, I believe, every year if Tam Althor didn't join because he was a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Ra- Matt was just a town larrikin. Uh, he wasn't, and he still is. He still has. He got the larrikin side of things, and I really like that. The but gambling. When it came to his sisters, it was his responsibilities were shown through his sisters. So his mm-hmm. sense of responsibility is really important to Matt. Mm. In the books, the quote is, um, you know, he milks his cows every day. And and the others look at him and they go, "What do you mean? Come on, no, 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 no! Every morning before I leave the house, I milk the cows. You know, and and he does, but then he goes and mucks around for the rest of the day because his job's done, right? Yeah. So so he comes off as this absolute larrikin, but he's a very responsible fellow. In this, they made his mother and father douchebags, uh, which I really didn't appreciate. Uh, but the sisters were always um, very important to Matt. Mm. So, uh, using them as a way to get over his responsibility, like show over what kind of a, a person he really, and he's a kind, empathetic person. When when Rand has the conversation with Egwene, mm. and he comes the next day, and they're sitting at the table, and, and, and Matt just goes, come on out with it. How'd it go? Rand doesn't say anything, he just goes, oh, it was that bad. And he doesn't pry, but he no. knows. Yeah, he is a very empathetic person. Mm. He's very smart, and he's he's very responsible. Mm. Then you've got Perrin. Oh, Perrin. Now, how do you? I want you to just shoot on Perrin. I'm just going to sit back on this one. Okay. Perrin, I say, is like your gentle giant. Um. He has a lover, a wife, 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 um, who is a blacksmith and seems really hardcore. Like, Same cool. as him. Yeah, they're both yeah. blacksmiths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I saw was he loves very deeply with his wife and everything and values friendship as well because he values, like, even though Matt was like, come on, mate, let's do some dice, you know, he's like, you, you've spent enough. Come on, mate. Looking after his mate. Yeah, he's, he's always making sure. And, like, he always, like, here, here's some money to go and get some food for your sisters. It's from me and Rand. And Matt says, like, no, 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 I'm good. He goes, no. Yeah, he didn't He didn't offer him the opportunity to It wasn't to say an no. offer. It was, like, you fucking take this money. But, and, and Matt, again, with his responsibilities, he knew that the right thing to do would be to refuse the money. Mm. But when pressured... Do the right thing and look after the girls. Exactly. And I think with Rand. No, yep. Rand's a redhead. No, other guy. Perrin. Perrin. With Perrin, he's always looking out uh, for Matt because I think he sees him like a brother. 100%. These three grew up together. Yeah. They're the same age. Yeah, so they're, they're simply brothers. There's a couple of other kids in the village that are uh, near their age, but they're like one or two years younger, or like, so those three are very close. Height. Yeah. Unfortunately, this uh, may not last. We're not going to go into that. 
Oh, it's a long way down the yeah, track. Yeah, it's a long so. way down the track. Well, well, we, I see. Well, actually, they're already on the path, so. But like I, like when I see Perrin, I see him as a very nurturing creature. Because he no, because he loves. So oh, I can't deeply. wait till like, he, he, he made his legit. He values his relationship with his girl or wife, and when the when they got invaded by the Trollocs. The Trollocs when he accidentally killed his wife. Ah! He, he killed his wife! He killed his wife by accident. Proper, he, pro- now, I have got, thoughts. It's more of a flight or flight response there, I reckon. And he just was swinging this axe around and she just got in the way and you, you can see how much he, he was so heartbroken the next day putting her dead body down onto the... That was where they were putting all the bodies. Yeah, so. where they were putting all the bodies. He was just, I just, he was a broken man. He was a shell. Perrin is not Perrin. What? Right. Uh, this is the biggest deviation from the books. <laughs> Hang on. Is this? Uh, uh, no, I'm just moving forward. Okay. Cool. So, this is the biggest deviation from the books is Perrin's backstory. Mm-hmm. He is not married. There is no Layla. There is no battle in the forge. There is nothing like that. This is all new stuff. So, Perrin's backstory in the books is much simpler. He's just a simple blacksmith's apprentice. He is a gentle giant. He's a very quiet person. He is seemingly slow, but just very quiet. I would like to hug him. And consider it. Um, he has no love interest uh, at the beginning of the story, which makes for very interesting storytelling later when he finally does meet one. Oh, no. They screwed it up, haven't they? Possibly. Because the chick that's supposed to roll in, her name is Fail, which means falcon in the old tongue, because oh. she's a hunter. She's also pretty badass herself, and she drives him in. <laughs> Whoa. Why did that just go into, like, thousands of a seat? It doesn't matter. Um, so she's, yeah, so look, I, I worry for his future relationships, mm. but at the beginning, it does, it does give us a bit of an interesting look into who Perrin is. Mm. Perrin hates his axe. Oh. He uses the axe. He carries it with him. It was a half moon blade that he forged. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, that Master Learnham, his 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 blacksmithing master, mm-hmm. forged a sword that someone wouldn't pay the price they asked for it, so he kept it. Mm-hmm. And caught Perrin playing with it one day, uh-huh. and he gave it to him. So when they left, Perrin took the axe with him. But then he used the axe, and he hated that axe, and he was told to keep using it and keep it on him. Until the day he enjoyed using the axe. And oh. then and then throw it away. So, what was interesting was he picked up the axe, whereas uh, Layla picked up the hammer. The hammer eventually being parent's choice of weapon. Hmm. Because a hammer can be used to build and repair, whereas an axe can only be used to kill. The one he had was a... Oh. It wasn't a wood chopping axe. The one he had 
in the, in the yeah. books was designed to, for a battle. So when he the, the 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 use of the difference between the axe and the hammer is really important in his conversation. Mm. So, but I will say, Layla was a dark friend. She was a dark friend. Really. I I am half convinced that she was. Yeah. Um, What's your evidence <coughs> behind it? One single piece of evidence. Okay. She had the hammer raised when Perrin cut her. I did not see that. The hammer was above her head, ready to strike when he cut her. I oh. think this is a really important detail. I she, used that. So, instead of being... And now, Perrin is known to get lost in the heat of battle. That is part of his character. That's who he is. So he killed that trolley and he just kept going. He's like, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. And he's smacking the shit out of this thing. Yeah. Sense that danger. Sense danger. That's a normal thing, right? Mm, mm. Is that there's someone behind me and it's, uh, you know, it's this, um, you know, it's like emanating the, the killer aura, you know, like, you know, mm. surely there's that vibe, you know, like the eyes in the back of your head thing. Yeah. And when and when he cut when he cut her, she'd already killed her trollic and yet had her hammer raised, even though he'd already killed his. I question her loyalties. There you go. Also, she had a uh, miscarriage or something. That's why they raised the lance and they were so depressy. Mm. I think that that's my call. Right. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty well indicated. They put it landed down, so they were mm. they were mm. hoping for the spirit of something to come back. Oh, there you go. That's kind of interesting. I really, I actually missed that. I just thought noticing with the hand movements when they were always around here. Yeah. And then entirely where he cut was here as well. Yeah. It's very relevant to that womb area. Womb area, right? Yeah. Kind of just like an indication that that's what they were going through. Mm. So. So episode one ends with Beltine, uh, the celebration with the lanterns and whatnot, and then we go back to the village for the party. Yeah. Now, mana. All hell breaks loose. All hell breaking loose. Trollocs coming in, killing people, death, fucking destruction. destruction. It's not going well for anybody Nine involved. Nineve's getting fucking carried away. Nineve's getting pulled by the braid. Normally Nineve's doing the braid pulling, but hey, that's what, what how it is. Um, she traditionally pulls her own braid when she's stressed out. Um, so she gets stressed and she just starts like... Just pulling on it, like yanking it. Moraine like going all badass with like the one power. Yeah, we get our first real look at... Uh, I like how it looks like threads. At weaves. They, they're called weaves. Yeah. So we get our first real look at Weaves. Uh, I gotta say, I was a little disappointed. Why? How so? Uh, it did look very cool. I will. I will. I. I. I'm, there. Are, I have two bugbears on this one. Okay. They're very small, and that's because I'm a bit of an asshole. Um, right. <laughs> hand gestures are for peasants. If you use the one power, you do not need hand gestures. This is essentially a part of the story if you're using hand gestures you're like some scrub like it's kind of a thing it no it's that's not me it's the books okay does the book state that she's yes. doing hand yes no no the books state that doing hand gestures is for the peasants like oh right. you know it's okay. the eyes Sedai would never do a hand gesture to give away who they are oh 
Right. Why would you give away who's using the magic? I can just sit here and go, mm-hmm, done, and you wouldn't know. Yeah. Especially if you invert the weaves. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a lot of different things. In the, so the magic anyway, system Moraine, is very complex. Moraine like, kills a lot of those um, beasties. Now, yeah, the, the words used in the book was rolled earth and thrown fire. I like that. Or, or something like that. So the fireballs I was expecting. Now, this is also another thing. Women are not traditionally powerful in fire or earth. It is an elemental thing. Right. So women have been known to be very good at air, water, and spirit, which are the five. So fire, earth, air, water, spirit. Rocked earth and fire. Yeah. Just because women are known to be better at it doesn't mean that they all are. So she has a bit of an affinity with earth and fire. Egwene, for example, has a massive affinity with Earth. Yeah, I could see that. With with um, they basically the, want to turn her. Oh, uh, we'll get no, to that. No, later. no, that. Uh, no spoilers. Too much. Okay, truffle pig is all I'm going to say. Truffle pig. Somebody wants to turn Egwene into a truffle pig. That's just rude. No, I mean that in the most literal sense. That's just rude. Oh, it's brutal. When it comes up, it's going to be... You're all going to be angry. Oh, I'm going to be angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so Kicker, Kicker gets angry when there's assholes that do things that are just, like, totally unhumane. Like, inhumane. Like, she really can't... Like, we've watched some shows, uh, particularly His Dark Materials. Uh, I got so angry. I have, she, she maintained a week. a week of anger. Like, just, just, just a, a low burn. Just under the surface for an entire week. I won't ever watch that series, uh, like the first uh, season ever again. Oh, like I feel like I feel like James McAvoy's life was in danger after we finished season one. Like I thought she was going to get on a plane, fly to Hollywood, and murder that poor bastard. <laughs> I was so mad, so angry. So, all right, season episode one, Trollic invasion. Everyone gets messed up. Moraine gets everyone together. Um, right, but also, can we also talk about the fact that Nynaeve and Egwene screamed? at a Trollic, and then fought it. Yeah. Like, the way the Trollic yelled at them, and she was, Nynaeve's got Egwene behind her, and she's like, ah! and she just yelled at it. It was like, it, it kind of reminded me of Brendan Fraser in The Mummy, Mummy's yeah. Coming Back, yeah. where the the, zomb, the the mummy screams at him, Imhotep. and he just, when Imhotep screams at him, and he just yells back, because, why not? what else are you going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, like, this thing yells at her, and she's like, all right, battle cry, let's go, bring it on. <laughs> but, um, and they both moved well, and this is a whole thing, was when the original, in the story, the Trollocs attacked, and there was a whole lot of confusion because they actually had orders of which house to go to. They were directed to three separate houses. That's how they knew who to leave. They, they, sorry, that's how um, Moraine knew who she needed to take with her. Right. In this one, they're using an age bracket. But... The age bracket was there, but in this one, they specifically attacked three houses. Egwene mm-hmm. invited herself. She noticed the other three walking around like fucking sketchy bastards and was like, uh, I'm coming too? Yeah. And, and Moraine was just like, eh. Lan-, Lan was like, nah. And Moraine was like, meh, it's happening. <laughs> it's how, it, whatever the wheel weaves. That's yeah. kind of what she was like, oh no, it must be part of the weave. And then... Tom, the bard, was hanging out in the Hayloth, and he all heard the whole bloody thing. So he was like, "You know what? I might, I might join in." 
Fair enough. So, at the end of episode one, I'm going to get names wrong here. Ran. Mm-hmm. Matt. Yep. Perrin. That one. Moraine. That one. Tan. Him. And Wait. Louise. Fail. Wait. Back up. Lan. No. Lan. Lan. Tam is uh, Rand's father. Oh, sorry. Tam sorry. Althor. He Lan. is Al Lan Mandragonon. Lam. Lam. First sword, mouth beast. And. Lan. L A N. Lan. Like Lan. Like, like a cable, right? Lan cable. <laughs> Lan party. Um, so oh, I'm sure there's a bunch of. I, I know, I know that there's a bunch of people out there right now that are having a land party. Anyway, let's try this again. So we got Matt, Perrin, Ran, mm-hmm. Lan, Moraine, mm-hmm. and Egwin. And. Oh god, still my missing. The braid tugger. Egwin. No, you already said that one. The other one. Nani. That one. But she didn't go with them initially. She followed No, them. she was taken. Yeah. So then, so <coughs> Sorry, six, I... Nynaeve wasn't with the original so crew anyway. Moraine was just like, you're coming with me. We're going to go to the White Tower. Because that's the safety, right? Apparently. Apparently. but I, I don't know. I see. They seem a bit dodgy. So anyway, everyone's like, no, 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 you can't go. And then Moraine's just like, you will fucking die if these people stay in the village. And everyone's just like, oh, well, okay. Okay, um, bye. See you later. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the end of the first episode. So leave taking. Uh, episode one was the the, the, climb, the the end of the episode is the Eamons Field 5, as they are known, uh, have left the village. Moraine and Land are leading the charge. And we are onto our long romp, which is the beginning of a very long chase. Now, one character that uh, I'm hoping... You know what? I'm just going to let this one go. Because I'm hoping that the next episode or two is going to reveal this person. Okay. Um, oh, surprise. You you picked up on it. Oh, did I? Yeah, you picked up on this dodgy motherfucker. Okay. So... Second episode. Who's the dodgiest motherfucker in the first episode? Tell me. Oh, the the trader. The, the trader. The, 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 the merchant. He's a merchant, yeah. He is. He's a peddler. Yeah. He would... When everyone was getting attacked, he was standing there smiling. Like a creepy bastard. Don't do that, please. Just... just for, he, he was His name at me. is Padden... He's a shifty bastard. He's that next level of shift. He, for one, for one, the actor that they have got to do Pat and Fane. Very good. Is fucking perfect. Yes. He is going to be awesome. I can't say I can't say any other adjective because the ones I want to use are going to give away something. Okay. Well, so let's he go is, to episode two. He is so keep keep your eyes out, people, because the peddler Padden Fane will return, and you're not going to like it, or are you? Because I loved it. Some people didn't. I it, thought it his his arc is really good. 
it's just really good and it spans uh, I hear, here is the difference between the always dreaded comparison of Game of Thrones and Wheel of Time these characters will get story arcs they will be thought through they will be executed we will not just be killing off characters willy nilly yes people will die this is a given it is a rough and tough world however this series has been going on for how long like the, the books it like was 14 it, books of 1000 pages apiece it went for 20 something years that's right so it's not waiting until <coughs> the end of the books to be made or alright well, let me put so. it this way every single character that is in the main including the Eamonsfield 5 and Moraine and Land, those seven characters will be there at the final battle. There you go. Instead yeah. of being killed off or... Yeah, or, or just or randomly murdered in a bar somewhere, you know. Like, these guys... Or... These guys are legit. These guys are, like, are actually really good writers. Well, no, well, Robert Jordan wrote a story about characters that, that were the main part of the story. Hmm. George Martin wrote a bunch of characters that weren't... The biggest character in Game of Thrones was the world. It was the world that they lived in. That was the biggest character in the whole storyline. Mm. Because due to the world they lived in, nobody was ever safe. There was zero honour. There was zero code. There was zero peace. One incest. Multiple incest. Ugh. Look, the world, the world of Game of Thrones and the Song of, the Song of Fire and Ice um, is a dark, dark world. This isn't that. Hmm. It's based... Look, there, people will die. There is hmm. armies. But the characters that you're introduced to are introduced to you for a reason. Hmm. It's a big world. Hmm. We can't be touching on all the people that are going to die. Who cares about them? We've got the people that live that are more important. Hmm. You got to look at uh, going forward. You've got to look at who's going to be romantically linked to our our main group. Quick question: Because um, Moraine and Lan are connected, are they at all romantic? No, very much not. So it's platonic, but they have s- oh, they, some connection. Oh yeah, he will do anything for her and she for him. Yeah, okay. But he also understands that as a blue, her mission comes first. So a blue, a blue eye to die, mm. is mission bound. Right. The mission before anything. Yeah. She's a blue. The Amelin seat is also a blue. She's the head honcho at, oh, right. at the White Tower. So um, the colours will become important later on. Yeah. Uh, well, we can explain that a bit later. And depending on uh, well. The Reds, like I said, the Reds' job is to stop men from using the power. That is their job. They take it very seriously. They do not like men. They do not have waters. Mm. They don't have waters. They're the only sisters as a whole that try not to have waters. You might get one or two, but very rarely will you find a Red sister that has waters. They're all very much bosom buddies as well. They like to get it on. Mm. Quick question. Just off. So, so we were talking. We were talking about like the red Ajara, and and the the Ajars are very 
important going mm. forward. So we will talk about that going forward. Yeah, exactly. Right, but the end of the episode is the Trollocs are back. Uh, yeah. Moraine tells our our Eamon's Field 4 mm. that they're after you. One of you is the dragon. Sort your shit out. Let's get out of here. Um, yeah. and they Matt, Matt with the very poignant, have you fully lost your mind? Uh, to which nobody answered because it was a dumb question. No, she was serious. Um, so they're out of there. They're out of here. See you later, yeah. Two Rivers. We're going on an adventure! Exactly. It's, uh... Look, what Frodo and, and, and Bilbo went through Nothing. is a fucking cakewalk compared to what these kids are Cake-ish. about to... These kids are... They, they went... Frodo... Frodo's entire journey... From start to finish was thirteen months. Wow. From from Hobbiton all the way to Mount Doom and all the way back was thirteen months. A year and a month. These guys don't go back. No. Well, not all of them. One of them does. I won't say who. Fair enough. Okay, so So see episode one. So your thoughts on episode one? Okay, I've uh, like I said, I've watched each episode three times. When I watched episode one the first time, I I'm pretty sure I was in shock. I went outside and mm. cried. You did. I was devastated. I was. I had prepared myself because I knew that it was not going to be a one for one adaptation. Because why would you do that? That would be insane. We can't be talking about how ageless Aes Sedai faces are all the fucking time. Or about, like, you know, a page and a half on this person's cloak. I get that. That's fine. I totally understand. But, guys, like, this was so different. I didn't even recognize a single scene in episode one that matched up with the books. Um, but after seeing. Now, watch, watch through two. I started to understand a bit more of what was happening because I think my first watch through, I was so shocked initially that I I kind of stopped paying attention, I think. Mm. So watch through two was much better. Watch through three, which I did this afternoon with Kicker, I very much felt that the story had a very solid ground. The characters aren't too different. We've had to use different techniques to get across their character traits. Rand's stubbornness is pissing Kicker off, but I really like it because I know what I need from that. And the way he acts and that kind of mentality is really important for his character. Mm. And he has a lot of trust issues, so we're going to go into that a bit later. Mm. Um, overall, as someone that has read the books, I was disappointed yet pleasantly surprised, I think is my overall feel for the episode one. I I was upset that a lot of the things that I wanted to see weren't there. I was pleasantly surprised with the execution. I think the acting is brilliant. I understand that the story is being written for people that have not read the books. We are the minority. Not many people sit down and read a 14,000 page book. So I understand that. I have... Uh, I'm looking forward to more. I'm really, really keen to see 
My reaction? What, well, your reaction's grouse, but I want to see where we go with this because Rafe, Rafe Jenkins, the guy running the show, the showrunner, he, he promised the fan base mm. that he would do this justice. Yeah. I think that there is still ample room to move mm. within season one and two to hit the right notes and maybe get us where we need to be. Mm. There is a lot to cover. It's going to be hard to do. I don't even know if they're going to bother with Green Man, so we'll worry about that later. But, right. Um, the Eye of the World being the name of book one, I'd be interested to see whether we actually go with that arc. Um, is the Eye of the World... It is referenced about? to a specific part of the... Okay. Yes. Okay. Character and part. It is very important. Okay. The Dark One is trying to blind the Eye of the World in book one... So they had a plan and then they had to reassess and change their plan. So I'm wondering to see if that is what we're actually going to do. Yeah, okay. So Initial plan was to get to Mm Tarvalon. Plan number two comes after that when they realise what's going on, which is entirely down to Moraine. She's the one that figures it out because she's very clever. Okay. Because the Mish. Alright, so my take on it is don't tell me too much because I don't want to be too loud. Barely hitting halfway. <sighs> My take on it is I'm excited. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, I wouldn't mind maybe even thinking about trying to read the books after the series. Very much so. It's, it is, like I said, um, these are not the same stories. Yeah. So you'll just confuse yourself by reading that at this point. That's right. But after the series, you know, in the next five years. Oh, if you will. <laughs> five. <laughs> yeah, I reckon five years. As eight seasons is the, the full run if they get it. I don't know if they'll do that, but that's the, the story I've heard. So anyway, um, I'm kind of really excited to see, you know, something that you've loved for so many years come to life. And I'm kind of experiencing it without having to sit down and try and slug through the first book. Because <laughs> the first book is a very hard read, and I tried reading it, and it was just so hard to read. Yeah, traditionally, Robert Jordan had a style of writing that involved um, a set, out, set up and payoff. Mm-hmm. So the first half of most of his books is a shitload of setup, and then the second half of his books is the payoff. So yeah. all your action set pieces, all of your like intense moments, are always in the second half. Yeah, and when I was trying to read the first book, like I only got through like halfway, and I'm just like, I can't understand. Yeah, I don't. They barely even got out of town when you're like three hundred pages in. So. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, I'm a bit bored with it, but seeing it in action, I love Rosamund Pike. Like she's one of my favorite actresses. She's grouse. Um, I think she's beautifully cast as Moraine. I think she will make a great Moraine. Um. But I think the diversity in the actual actors, the scenes, the fucking background, like with all the... The settings are spectacular. Oh my god, I'm so... I'm actually... Now, the, what did I say? Croatia and Serbia? Is that where I think the majority of the filming has been in Croatia and Serbia? So. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really excited. And I can't wait to keep talking about it and, you know, learn more about the show with your your experiences and 
my experience being a first person actually watching it. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Like, cause, like um, cause of, I'm fresh eyes to you. Yeah, like, you know what nerds are like. They like to get people watching the stuff that we watch. Like, I don't know how many times I've convinced, tried to convince people to watch One Piece. <laughs> so, uh, I've tried and I've given up, so... Well, we got you, we got you almost halfway. Almost. Anyway. Anyway, uh, so that was... That was episode one of Wheel of Time. So, like, look, honestly, this week, it seems like we're just going to be rocking down, like, a couple of hours of Wheel of Time. So, maybe we'll have to do uh, Eternals and Shang-Chi another time. But uh, we yeah, should, uh, yeah. we're going to move on to episode two now, which uh, is called... So, well, we're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna just going to pause the recording here because we need to take a quick fiver. Yeah, sort, and ourse- to sort ourselves out, and then we'll be right back. Uh, well, you guys won't notice, but uh, but in the next episode, we'll, we'll, be, we'll back be back off refreshed. We'll have eaten food. Uh, <laughs> so next episode is episode two. two. It is called Shadows Waiting. Ooh. Ooh, scary, scary. All right, press the button, Max. I'm pushing button. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs>